Welcome back to another episode of It's Go Time. Thank you, my good like Al Chapo, no, but talk. he's not related to Al Chapo. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a quick team check. Yaneli, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. good. What's crackly lacking? <laughs> <laughs> oh, just crazy. But yeah, no, it's been good. Yeah. Yeah. Anything new happening with the business? Any new listings, clients, leads? No, I have a new client who was a repeated client for like two years, and he is now gonna start buying his first investment property. So I'm really excited for that. Fantastic! Is yeah. now is this your first ever client that you've transitioned from helping them with a home buy to now commercial? Uh, uh, the transition side, yes, because mm-hmm. uh, all the other ones that I've helped, like all the other investors that I've helped, they've already been doing that yeah, for while, years yeah. before. Yeah, so this is the first one that I'm actually gonna like hold his hand and get them through that process. So oh, that's fabulous. Yeah. 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 Are you excited about it? I'm excited. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. My one of my lenders has a program that actually is really good. Like the first time, the interest rates are going to be higher, just because they're new in the business. They mm-hmm. require like twenty two percent down. Okay. But as they get to like their fourth deal, it'll um, decline to about nine percent, which is really really good really compared good. to hard money, which is what a lot of you know investors. This is a are program specific for sell. investment property. Yes. Ah, yeah. So it's really really good. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe we can talk more about the program. Uh, in future episodes yeah uh, we need really to bring help. our lender so he can talk <coughs> yes, about that yes yeah so he can that. explain all these things to our listeners mm-hmm. and and future investors out there right yeah uh, does time. this um when you're seeing a client that you've helped uh buy a house and now going to an investment property do you see that that uh feeling or get that feeling of contentment that oh wow this client, I st- helped him with this, and now he's still my client, and I get to help him with something else, and 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 you just see this evolution within your business itself. Yeah, no, it's um, it's very uh, fulfilling for me to see that, and especially because he trusts me with it. He doesn't have to, mm. s- you know, say, "Hey, I'm gonna go with somebody else because I'm gonna start doing investments." Like he trusts our process and our team to to take care of that for him. So, so yeah, I'm really happy for him. I'm actually very excited to see how everything turns out and to see how I can be an asset to him, th- you know, through the entire process. So, Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Oh, so I'm, I'll I'm be excited. excited for you too. You know. Yeah. Uh, Frankie, how are you, man? I'm good. Hanging in there. Yeah? Yeah. How's things going? Any good. new leads? Any new what's happening on the business side? No, just um, the same leads trying to find some properties out there. Mm. <laughs> Having a little... A little slow out there, but um, on the commercial, I've been looking for land and and other properties for clients that we're working with right now. Are you finding a specific sector that it's really been difficult to, to hone in on that, that some clients you know, have needs? And yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, Dallas, the Dallas area and the, and the Houston area yeah. have been having so really it's tight. It's really yeah. tight, yeah, especially for the retail places that we're looking for. Yeah. Are we finding that agents and landlords are asking more from our 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 uh, our clients that we're helping that that for them to show spaces or for them to even engage with us, they want certain things. In place? They're immediately asking for more details on the business, mm. which they already did. But now I feel like they want m- like an actual business plan before they even think about talking to you. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's essential also for our listeners and and uh, our viewers to yeah. to know that. If you are starting a new business or going into some sort of venture and you want to lease out a space, 
you have to have your business plan, your financials, your all your all your records in place because these are the first things that uh, the landlord is going to ask for. Uh, at the end of the day, it's a business for the landlord. The landlord mm-hmm. has to protect his assets and has to mitigate risk by ensuring that the correct tenant is within that asset. Yeah, I think post COVID they've been more uh, strict, strict, and like doing more due diligence on their end for the type of tenants that they're allowing. Yeah. Even though COVID is like an outlier as far as you know market conditions, but I think people are being more. I th- I think this like year rigid. is a little even harder than the previous yeah. two years. I guess you can say. Well, so no, now the people that left during COVID, you know, unfortunately the business that failed. Yeah. Now they're filling up those spots, but they've been very particular, yeah. uh, especially for the people that are new businesses, especially like new restaurants and stuff. Yeah. Very very tough. Yeah, it's yeah. the restaurants that are giving people yeah. to give you yeah. an opportunity to even yeah. open up there. I yeah. mean, even landlords are sitting with empty space. They still mm-hmm. uh, yeah. give you a hard time. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're mm-hmm. still trying to like find that. Mm. And there's, I've, I'm finding a lot of areas um, are even like the, the the new the way they even if the area fits the business you're looking for, they're changing what they want in that business area. Yes, yes, yes. So they're changing the the the. N- well, you see that also f- is an issue with the with the change of demographic, right? Yeah, the zoning That's within yeah. the space, and and what is needed in that area, right? right. So um, uh, you're going to find that where landlords are now going to say, okay, this used to be a quick service restaurant, or it used to be uh, or whatever, and no, we need to change the use completely. Yeah. To to help. The other tenants within, well, and I think also like because if a tenant ever closed down, they don't want to like repeat that again. So they like stay away from that completely. If a restaurant was there exactly. and it shut down, they're not going to go back COVID to restaurant. Whatever, they'd restaurant. like mm. they're like no, we don't want to deal with that again. Mm. Try something new, which is not always the best way to go about it because it's circumstantial. But that's just the way we have to navigate these. A, a lot of these industrial areas are becoming more entertainment and d- restaurants. So you're having trouble exactly. finding. Places where you normally would find something for that business. So, and it's also a niche, like in industrial, I realized is a split. So, we there's flex industrial and there's straight industrial warehousing. So, like warehousing right now, we're booming over here. Mm-hmm. Right? And I was uh, this article I was reading has to do with North Texas and how we've been resilient in this in the market conditions that have been happening across the nation, across the world. But currently, I'm just reading off my paper here. 67 million square feet of industrial construction at the moment. Under construction. Not in DFW. In North Texas. North Texas, wow. 67 wow. million square feet. But that's now warehousing, not so much flex. I think flex is where you're having more issues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People not, not not necessarily looking to have that office component or much office component with the warehousing. They're looking for like straight... Amazon style <laughs> warehousing you can fill with product and distribution center style stuff. Do you guys think it's because a lot of people can still have their office at home and then just have the warehouse just for that purpose? I think that's what's happening. Right? Yeah. So so a lot of people are still shopping from home and, right. and, and all that working yeah. from home. That's yeah. that's also we seeing in the massive vacancies in uh, in the high rise right. office spaces as well. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing that vacancy coming in. People are working from home. But because people are working from home, they're consuming at home. Right. They're still relying on, on e-commerce. E-commerce, yes, certain industries of e-commerce are really doing well. 
and that is where the need for this warehousing is. Also, certain of our retailers started picking up. After COVID, people, as much as they're staying at home to do work right. and shopping at home, but they're also going out to right. malls and mm. all that. And, and you're seeing uh, an increase in retail number and volumes and all that throughout. Right. And, and what I don't know whether it's false or not. I was listening to some Bloomberg analysts the other day, and it was, uh, America, did we even reach hit a recession? Don't uh, think so. No, I mean, what's but apparently now the whole the whole uh, yeah, talk is changed, completely split. Where we're not going to eat it. But you know, they're right. talking about like inflation. But like Black Friday, I think consumer spending in the US was nine point something billion. Cyber Monday was like over ten billion, mm-hmm. which is all time highs. Like these are all time. So like imagine that we have record highs. Yeah. Right record level numbers. Yeah. So where is the mo- if we're going to recession? Where is the money coming from? So Our job market is still so strong. I read, um, I didn't read it. Somebody told me, one of our lenders, they were saying that they went to this forum, uh, economic forum, and they were saying that a lot of people from before COVID, they had a lot of credit. So because um, a lot of people, either through Bitcoin or through their businesses, did really good during certain years, mm-hmm. they got used to a certain lifestyle. And they refuse to let that lifestyle go. So they're relying on credit cards, thinking they can, you know, make it up in the future through their business or whatever it is that they're doing. So that's what he said. I don't know how accurate that could be, but it's just sometimes you get used to a lifestyle and mm-hmm. you just have credit cards too. No, no, but, but that is truth in that, you know, yeah. because, I mean, America, by populace, by, by, by population, we are the most debt country yeah. not not our national debt national debt is in the trillions yeah but each individual average person on yeah. joe Schmo on the road is in debt yeah and i think i think there was one statistic every child that is born in america is born into mm-hmm. debt I, yeah. I read that you know, yes it's it, it's sad and uh, but yeah. that's how our economy works Functions. Ticks. Yeah. right yeah. That's how it takes and we're on a credit and, system and, and it's a credit system you borrow money you mm-hmm. move and and somehow by borrowing more and being more successful if you will can pay it off and so on it helps you uh navigate through society and reach different levels in society too because right. so much is 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 uh, uh dependent on your credit score mm-hmm. and your credit history and all of these things mm-hmm. i mean right. just just simply buying a house yeah you know credit score and, and and so on now we're going to see next year rates drop so yeah. rates are going to drop, the which means is. the mortgage market is going to more hopefully pick up again. Right. Uh, that's the hope. That's the. I think I've read that there's. Uh, we've already had the, the peak of the interest rates at least for mm. you know the next year or so. So right now it's very important. What I'm trying to get to my clients is, hey, if you are thinking about buying. If you're waiting too long, then be ready to put more money towards your purchase because you're going to be, you can be stuck in a multiple offer situation. Mm -hmm. And even though you're saving on interest rates, then that can basically level off. So that's what I'm like letting my buyers know so that they don't wait to to purchase. And in regards to my sellers, I'm just like, just prep your home for the spring. That way we can put it on the market as soon as possible because I always recommend like, at least 60 to 90 days um, to prep your house before we actually put it on the MLS. So I think that's very important because we're in December. So three months Holiday from now, season. we're going to be in the spring. So I was yeah. reading somewhere. It's still technically considered a seller's market right it now. It is, yeah. yeah. Uh, but like you said, 
it's up to buyers even though the rates are still high take advantage of the the market condition and then sellers like you said start prepping for mm-hmm. the potential shift that could happen just quickly jumping back it reminded me of something when we talk about the economy that was very unique to this past year was the uh, the Taylor Swift effect oh which God. I think was the f- we've seen it for the first time <laughs> oh my God. so <laughs> this was crazy which I, I also had heard about recently but I was like you don't when you when you see the numbers it's crazy they said fans on average spent 93 million dollars per show wow. during her tour and that's not just on tickets that's on merchandise restaurants hotels mm-hmm. things in the area so that was a 5.7 billion dollar boost to the economy during during her tour dates or do I do during her tour so it's pretty crazy when you think about it's like you know uh, downturn in the economy thing but people are spending like yeah she literally changes the economy of the entire yeah, yeah. you know where wherever she goes she visits, it's yeah, like, like yeah there's so it's much crazy. spending yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I saw that. And in regards to that, like Metro Techs, we were having a meeting and the president who's going to be appointed, she was talking about that in Dallas, it's very important for us to have enough um, like places to stay where these events are happening. And that's where we have to have an equilibrium of like, hey, we still have enough, you know, enough people can still come and take advantage of, of this event. Like I think the World Cup, we're going to have Coming like the World Cup, we're going to have a game here. So all of that has to be managed through housing as well because we have to make sure that we have enough like Airbnbs or like hotels and things like that. Otherwise, they're not going to be able to to close the deal and say, okay, yeah, we're going to have this event here in they, Dallas. They're talking That's about hosting true. the final here. So I think in the next, it's already tw- about to be 24. Mm-hmm. So you really only have a year and a half before the, w- if the World Cup is here, right? So I feel like that area around in Arlington is going to see some... But but has the city of Arlington, uh, are they still allowing Airbnbs? That's a question. Because that there's a lot of cities now in the see. DFW Metroplex that uh, have... have I'm no. sure if they do, or maybe they'll make an exception around that time because I'm sure people will be coming into town with groups that want to, instead of paying for like five hotel rooms, rather get a house. So it'll be, it'll be very interesting to see how the city... I haven't heard anything against... Whether they allow with, it with or what happens. In Arlington. I haven't heard anything about that. So. No, I think they're still, they're still running Airbnbs in Arlington. Yeah. There's a lot. Right um, now it's Dallas but County. But, but at the same time, you must remember, the World Cup, right, it... it It'll bring not only a few good games to Dallas because of our infrastructure and the stadium we have, but also I'm sure a team, one of the teams will base themselves in the city of Dallas. Yeah, yeah. Or two. Yeah. Because I mean, you look at Frisco. Frisco has all the amenities for them, from a soccer stadium to training fields to even rehab Baylor's, uh, the Cowboys' rehab facilities that they can utilize at the start. So, so Dallas is just primely positioned right now to host one of your better countries and, um, and, and to host a final and, yeah. and, and some big games. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's where we have to go based on our local statistics rather than our national statistics because things can look really different in other parts Completely. of the country. If you go to Montana, then you're probably, <laughs> you could even go into like a <laughs> eagle or buyer's market, you know? So yeah. it just kind of depends where you're at. So we're, I'm really focused on kind of like, hey, how is our market here in North Texas rather than like how our market is outside because it can look very different. Very different. What yeah. would be interesting actually for us to do is, uh, Mexico and Canada are getting some games. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see like the cities in Mexico that are getting games, how is that going to change for, for that city and what are they going to do 
for those things. Yeah. I mean, it's already a big soccer nation. The economics so about the infrastructure it, is already there. Yeah. But but how will it change housing? How will it change the real estate market? Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Because so they have to build hotels right now. After the workout, how do you sustain that? How, how do, do you sustain you that? Yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's very it'd be a very interesting economic case study because most countries that host a big event like this. It's a loss. They can't sustain. It's a loss. Mm-hmm. Look at every, South Africa, twenty ten. Yes. We have massive stadiums mm-hmm. that cannot be used. Yeah. Let's yeah. take the, the, the city we from Durban. And Durban went and built a sixty thousand seater brand new stadium yeah. called Moses Mabida. It's it's a it's beautiful right white stadium. It's beautiful. Stadium. <laughs> but it's right next door to the one of the largest rugby stadiums in the country. Which is the sharks? Yeah. yeah. When instead of spending so much on money building that, they could have just used the rugby stadium. Well, right. the good thing, no, the good thing of twenty six is that a lot of these countries already have the stadiums that they need for Correct. the games. Correct. So that's the. So yeah, I don't yeah. think anybody's building any. That I'm I aware told of. someone the other Correct. day that I think besides Europe and the U.S., I mean Europe and the U.S. are the only two places that can have the World Cup every four years. Yeah. And they don't have to the change anything. They don't have to add anything. Nothing. They have extra spaces to to have the games. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, the amount of stadiums in this country. Yeah. The right. amount of, it's, yeah. I mean, even Mexico City. I mean, the where they're gonna have a game in Mexico City in Guadalajara. They're developing cities. Mm. They're still building uh, more hotels. Where is the Azteca? Stadium? It's just outside Me- the Ciudad de Mexico. Just mm. outside, you could take a taxi ride. And it's not that far, so it's all huge. that all that area already has hotels and. Is everything. that where they're planning the game? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I don't think so. They have the World Cup. I think at in '85 they had it in mm-hmm. Mexico City. It is, yeah. And so my dad was yeah. uh, was in Mexico City, and so they have the trains, the underground trains, and that was people can stay further out and still get there pretty fast because of the subterranean yeah. trains that they have. Okay. That's so the advantage that Mexico City has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the infrastructure so, is there. Yeah. And there's no traffic; you just get on it. Yeah. And oh, so it's pretty. Is pretty fast to get anywhere really so you don't have to stay there actually if you stay there it'll probably be more of a chaos because then you're you know Crowds. there's gonna be the traffic Crowds, yeah, and all yeah, of that yeah, yeah. So. i think that it'll just be interesting to see like in in these areas what they develop as far as like if they add more hotels or entertainment i know they're doing some stuff right now in arlington with as far as entertainment goes they just build that like uh that sports bar oh yeah, yeah. all the tv screens and oh, yeah, stuff like that. that yeah so just little things like that that'll you know, you're trying to sustain this crowd of people that's coming. Yeah. And then long term, how that's going to be sustained. And then you're going to have forward. fan parks everywhere. Yeah. That's a big thing yeah. for FIFA. Yeah. They have these uh, massive I'm fan sure they'll have something at Clyde Warren. At Clyde Warren. Yeah. And I'm sure, I'm sure in and the Frisco, Frisco, around yeah. the AT&T, yeah. they'll have All things. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, a lot of people are going to be staying. Let's say for, our, for the games <laughs> in Arlington. Majority of people are going to be staying in Dallas. Correct. Mm. Correct. Downtown, uptown. So they're going to have to have a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Anyway, so. we just have to get our tickets as soon as they come out. Yeah, yeah. to be here before we yeah. know. <laughs> I know. I just realized <laughs> when you said twenty four. Twenty four. It's gonna be summer twenty six. Like almost there. We're there. I want to go to at least two games. That's yeah. the goal, right? That's the goal. That's the goal. Semi-final, final. Two and a half. Yeah. Years. I said one and a half. Years. Two yeah. and a half. Years. Yeah, two and a half. It'll go fast, though. Guys, quick uh, market update from each one of us. Yeah. Yeah, Mohammed, you were busy with your article. Anything you wanted to add? Um, basically, what we were, what were, to to reiterate what you were saying is, uh, we look at the national economic, you know, data and what's happening. But I think Texas is unique, so we have to study the local. Mm-hmm. And then North Texas is even more unique in that. You know, from what I was reading here, you know, Texas is a very resilient state, but North Texas has been the driving 
force behind the state. Like a lot of right. businesses moving to North Texas to DFW. Not Odessa. Or mm. no. <laughs> Not Odessa. <laughs> term I heard that I said Odessa. <laughs> Poor people in Odessa. <laughs> Another term I heard was the Texas Triangle. Right. So the Texas Triangle is Dallas, Austin. No, San Antonio goes oh. further. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then yeah. Houston. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's yeah. really where all business is. So that is, is where driven. actually three quarter of the Texas population sits, mm-hmm. right? And and that is where majority of the economic, uh, 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 I mean the economic uh, uh, sustainability yeah. of the state happens in those in those tri- in that triangle. Yeah, and it's funny how I always I forget it's San Antonio. <laughs> Don't <laughs> forget about it. It's always the largest yeah. in DFW. Yeah. yeah, I forget that yeah. it's like. Further south of Austin, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you're always. I always think Austin, Dallas, Houston, and uh, I forget San Antonio's come come up. Yeah, but uh, so then the the last thing really from this article is you know be, besides the you know obviously I mentioned the the growth when it comes to the industrial sector, and we're starting to see a shift on the office side. I know it's definitely a slowing industry post COVID, but you are starting to see businesses not necessarily go back to big high rises, but like small offices like class b offices like smaller settings where only a certain number of employees come to work the rest work from home just like a small open space where people can come in and out of work so they, they it's starting to come back a little bit um but i think the the big thing is outside of just statistical data and and the numbers um you know an important factor is uh, and what this article mentioned is like this region is generally more optimistic when it comes to these situations, right? Mm. So the optimism of the market here is generally more positive. So that kind of helps boost things along, keeps th- keeps things, yeah. you know, chugging along. I saw along an article that retail was like growing a lot here in Dallas compared to mm-hmm. like before the COVID or whatever, because they had slowed down. So I feel like commercial starting to get stronger as we progress especially on that on that subcategory the retail yeah the retail mm-hmm. side yeah retail mm-hmm. is doing, yeah, doing the really other well guys, the office space is struggling so yeah. a lot of this like industrial is back to like pretty much pre-covid levels mm. so it's, industrial it's is doing yeah. really well yeah. so yeah it's uh i think overall we were in a good market we're in a good spot um i mean one thing you mentioned again is just making sure when we're dealing with clients is we, we're feeding them this type of data because they're hearing things nationally and what's happening but just yeah. like look this is what's happening in North Texas this is where we are yeah. things are looking pretty good so right. I think it's just feeding off of that staying informed yeah Frankie any uh, articles yeah the article I got was uh, Fannie Mae Fannie Mae Fannie Mae <laughs> <laughs> and I spelled it M-A-Y <laughs> M-A-E Fannie Mae sees return to economic growth in 2025. There, a, a quick summary of this is: uh, it's still going to see somewhat of a recession, stylish, mild recession in 2024, but with econo- economic growth in 2025. Okay. So yes, interest rates are. They're saying they. They're going to come few, down. Two or three drops. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but we're still a little slow, even with employment, where we're talking about that. This this mentions employment. is Even though it's high, our economy is still a little slower than it should be. Um, and it's going to continue for the next year, at least until 2025. One thing I realize is when you move to America, I keep on telling people this. I keep on Economically, nothing makes sense. Yeah. Nothing. You wonder to yourself, our unemployment is just under 4%. How can that be? 
it just doesn't make sense you know it's uh for for your unemployment to be under four percent with such a massive population you know 350 million people right so that is literally telling the world mm-hmm. that we only have 10 or 12 million people unemployed out of 350 or the or the employment uh th- say 100 million people uh, are of employable age here, right so yeah. you're saying only 30 million of the, uh, no 3 million of that is unemployed right. something doesn't make sense <laughs> it just doesn't yeah. and the way that we can carry on printing money the yeah. way we do, and, and our national debt keeps on rising yeah. and so on so your economics 101 whatever you learn in university goes out the window yeah. as soon as you enter the US mm-hmm. because it just doesn't make sense especially post COVID especially post COVID yeah. it just it just became crazier after that yeah you know, any, any updates to share with us no, I mean, obviously, um, we are expecting interest rates to, to be lower. We've hit our peak. So I feel like it's very important now to just let, you know, just inform our clients what's what's happening so that they can make an informed decision. Um, I've read a lot of articles and they kind of all align with, hey, like, be prepared, you know, regardless of whether you're a seller or a buyer. For sellers, there's still some sellers that are kind of, wanting that multiple offer things to come back and they think they can get a lot for their you know for their house and so we have to sit down with them and let them know the reality of things so that they can get the most in their pocket because at the end of the day what they're doing is just losing money by just you know putting it at a really high price and just waiting for something to change um so i think that's very important um but, you know, we're, I don't think economically we're not going to go into a housing crash. It's just things are modifying. Obviously, we cannot compare it to 2021. Things were crazy in 2021. Mm-hmm. So just to have that comparison, if you're talking to people that purchased in 2021 and comparing it to now, it's just not going to make sense. It's not going to make sense. So being having that conversation and having a reality of the things, I think that'll help, you know, our clients so that they can move forward with either buying or selling. Yeah, don't you don't you also have a feeling that even right now with interest rates being so high, mm-hmm. we are coming across deals. I know we just came across two residential deals that we are closing soon, that that w- far exceeded any of our expectations yeah. of how much a square foot it sold compared to what the prices were in twenty twenty one. It sold even higher. Right. Yeah. Yep. So. So again, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Coming back to my earlier point, yeah. you yeah. know, yeah. interest rates are higher, right. but we're still getting more per square foot per uh, home, and and it's evident in the deals that we do. Yeah. Right. And but next year, hopefully, interest rates will come down. Do you think we can still sustain that massive square footage prices? We right. And I we've mean, seen and the opposite too. To where do. Like, there's been. Deals where it's like not selling at all, and you're like, yeah. oh, you have to lower the price. What's <laughs> happening? So it's it does make sense. Yeah, no, and I think it has a lot to do with who you hire too, yeah. because you're trusting that your agent is going to tell you reliable information. They're going to be able to tell you, hey, you're actually getting a lot for your square footage. Like, I think you should take this offer, or you know, maybe just wait, or maybe we should prep the home this way. So if you don't have that guidance from your agent, then you can potentially be leaving a lot of money in the table, and so that's where we see a lot of houses just sitting on the market for you know 
90, 100 days. It's like, what's going on? Are they not communicating at all? <laughs> like, and so our, I mean, those cool. two um, homes that we got under contract pretty fat. I mean, for the price range that we had it, that was very, very impressive. But it takes work and it takes communication with our clients. And I think that's where a lot of people are, are lacking, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm quite pleased and happy with the with yeah, the I think we'll share we'll we'll share those once those are closed we'll we'll share those and hopefully inspire some other people to trust us to sell their home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We know what <laughs> we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> so I I came across uh, an article um uh, and um it's to do with our landlords uh, on the commercial side and uh Landlords and, and actually investors, right? And this article is, don't count on commercial real estate prices bottom, bottoming out anytime soon. So basically what they are saying is, um, we've had raises, interest rate raises uh, since 2022 into 2023. And the commercial real estate market has been declining in sales volume, right? And um, what is the... The, the, the common consensus about it is a lot of investors, knowing that prices are coming down, uh, have this wait-and-see attitude where uh, we'll wait for you to bottom up, then we will deploy money and, and, and pick up these assets at, at really uh, good deals. Right. But what commercial uh, uh, property market has shown in previous downturns, whether it be 2008, whether it be, you know, uh, that the commercial bottoming out takes place over two years post the last interest rate hike. Mm. Mm -hmm. So that means we're only going to see bottoming out maybe end of 2024 on these prices. Okay. But the kicker next year is interest rates are going to go back up again. Mm -hmm. And what back we've seen, I mean, back down again, mm -hmm. which, me which you might have this overturn in in the market or overlap within the market where prices are bottoming out but also prices will be pushing back up right and so it's a very very interesting article i'm going to do a newsletter about it uh post it on our page and here investors can have some good insights and and graphs yeah. into uh what 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 it's all about and how uh, past uh, trends uh will still set precedent for future uh, market uh, conditions and again I think right. North yeah. Texas will be will always bucks the trend recently right. because like yeah. there's so many businesses still moving in people opening up businesses like it's mm. you know like I, I mean everyone has their own definition of what's a good deal mm -hmm. but man it's been tough to find good deals for yeah. sale on exactly. the commercial space like I research all the time it's like there's nothing good, good worthwhile yeah. spending your money good, on yeah. and the good ones are gone very quickly so Correct. it's not like uh, it feels like it's slow but the yeah. good stuff is going well what we this view as good deals are going the uh, rates quickly. are so low yeah, well, yeah. So it's still <laughs> go, it's still, they're still selling so and, it's, and, it's and I think another thing I want to add to that is especially on the on the landlord side is our our retail centers uh, we need to ensure that the spaces that, that retailers are looking for right now are much smaller than they were three or five or ten years ago right Retailers don't want to go into big five, 10,000 square foot retail spaces anymore. No, the right. big box concept is dying. And we saw that first with Toys R Us, Sports Authority, mm -hmm. now Tuesday mornings, Bed Bath & Beyond. REITs and landlords are, are sitting with these behemoth of, uh, properties now that 
that they can't find sp- use for unless mm-hmm. your big uh, retailers like TJ Maxx and Marshalls and them start picking them up. But uh, retailers are looking at smaller spaces. So mm-hmm. if you have a retail center and you want to uh, reconfigure it, sure that you don't have anything more than two and a half, three thousand square feet uh, per that space. Kind of sweet yeah, spot, yeah. Yeah. Keep them small spaces. Even you look at some of the QSRs today. I did a Wingstop deal recently. Oh, yeah, eighteen hundred square feet. They don't want more. Right. There's no need for more. They that overhead. You need. They want to keep their overheads down. Right. So yeah. another quick tip for yeah. landlords and investors out there. Yeah, and on the residential side, it's the same thing. We have a lot of buy. I have uh, multiple buyers right now who are just waiting, and I'm just like, okay. So, like I said, they're waiting, but they don't realize. And I've I had those conversations where it's like interest rates are going to go down, which means the demand is going to go up. The demand is going to keep those home prices, you know, eventually where it'll start going up. So you're going to get, I mean, it's going to be a backfire as you see, like, interest rates go down for buyers. So it's very important for them to know that, you know, what what, what are your needs in, in your housing? Because it's different, I think, for commercial. It's more, like, personal and emotional. So I always say, hey, if you find the right house and it feels right for you, there's no reason for you to wait. Because mm. at that point, if you wait, you may not find that house that you were looking for you know so it's different on the residential side but at the end of the day it's the same when it comes to interest rates and demand it's going to be i mean like you said old trends are going to continue to happen in the future as well Correct. yeah so so how i mean it's very simple you look Mm -hmm. at all economic trends and that's how you're going to map out what's going to happen for us exactly yeah simple so easy fabulous thank you team anyone have any parting words any departing words no, <laughs> we get good deals, good deals in December sometimes. So that's true. Yes. We yes. gotta get on Call those. Us today. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be honest, who's gonna be selling during the holidays if Correct. you're not really willing to sell, right? 100%. And so buyers need to understand that. Like you know, as long um, if you go out there and somebody's wanting to sell their house during this time, it's because they they want out as soon as possible. So I think that's when you, you can should negotiate a little better. We can negotiate a lot better, I think, during this time of year. So um, so keep that in mind. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Thank We're going to try to do this monthly where we just get the team together, discuss uh, general news that's happening in the market, some inside advice. Right. Market updates. Just market yeah. updates in general. So we try to keep that going monthly. Uh, so don't forget to tune in on the, on the future episodes. Follow us on Instagram, on uh, YouTube. We're on Spotify, Apple, uh, Apple Music, Apple Podcast. And uh, we'll have everybody's, you know, contact and social medias attached as well. So thanks for tuning in to another episode. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for watching today's episode of It's Go Time. Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, and leave comments uh, on all of our channels. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, we're on YouTube, and don't forget our Instagram and Facebook pages as well.